Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Ah, hello. Welcome back. Hey, how are you today? I'm doing great. Okay, you want to hear what I did today? Yes, of course. Because I only do crazy things like once every, like, you know, few months. So today... <laughs> Uh, our school had an American Heart Association assembly to raise money for the American Heart Association. And they are like, oh, the principal needs to do a challenge so that like more kids give. <laughs> so I'm driving to work one day and I'm like, what am I going to do? The whole theme was move more, be kind. And so I had this crazy idea to invite the governor to go on a hike with me on our school grounds <laughs> with the winning class. And he said, yes. He came today. Isn't that crazy? And it was like simple and just, it was very sweet. Isn't that wild? Isn't that, uh, yeah. So I thought you would enjoy that. All right. So what's something interesting that <laughs> you've done recently? Oh, something interesting I've done recently. I have um, created this week a brand new national organization to help families who have these state educational savings accounts come together, share resources, and learn what works. Because there are less than 10 states that have these school choice programs, but I can say with a lot of certainty that I think almost every state's going to have them by the end of the decade. And so we need to learn from each other as parents. So I created a new national organization this week. That is so exciting. Noreen. And you just were speaking a week ago, right? <laughs> Where was that? In Florida. Right? You did a... Oh, that my training that I did, like, in Orlando? Yeah. Yeah, what oh, was that for? Shout out to Bradshaw and Associates. Um, yeah, love that practice. They just do such great work. They're in the Orlando area. Bradshaw and Associates. And they do what we want every kid to have integrated practice of psychiatry, psychology, and therapy. Oh, wow. That yeah. is definitely progressive and what we all need. Right? Ooh. Integration. Integration. I like that. Team. Yes, Actual I like team approach. I like in the same practice. Well, you and I always talk about that because here I am in the school system and I'm like, we got all the problems and we're not the experts and I know everybody's looking to us and we have the problems every day to deal with. And yet we're all the experts all outside in their own lane and nobody is like helping us work together. Right. Isn't that what you mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. That's it's pretty exciting. That's huge. Okay. So for anyone listening who might not know you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself real fast? Sure. Um, I'm Noreen Russell, and I have a student coaching practice, Russell Coaching for Students, and I believe we are the largest student coaching practice in the country, and we actually see students across the world, and our specialty are complex kids, so kids who have 
ADHD, kids who have autism, kids who have a mood disorder. And really our specialty is kids who have more than one of those things because we know they often travel in pairs or triads. And so what we do is help kids to be more successful in school and life by building executive functioning skills, by building study skills and strategies, and by helping with their social and emotional skills. So I would say, you know, if people are out there listening and they're like, my kid doesn't know how to organize, my kid doesn't know how to get assignments in on time, jump on to our practice website at Russell Coaching and sign up for a summer program because this is what we do, and we can help your child get organized, manage time, manage their stuff, learn how to cope sometime over the summer, um, and then you'll be in much better shape when you go back to school. So that's what we do. So awesome. I love that. And you don't have to do it, parents. You have someone else because your child sometimes listens to someone else more than you. We all know. <laughs> as frustrating as that is. Okay, right. so we know you and I always run out of time, so we'll get right to our questions for tonight, which are... Summer is coming, summer is here, and that can bring a lot of angst and a lot of anxiety and a lot of oh no's to the parents where the teachers are like counting down the days and the parents are like, no, hold those days at bay. So I have some questions that came in and you tell me if you like the question or if you wanna go on to the next question. So the first one is, what are some conscious parenting hacks when your kid is home for summer eating way more than they should like that refrigerator door is opening way too often and you get bored and you go and you look and see what you can eat all right what would you say about that okay so first of all i want to say this is typical and as you know i'm going to say it's okay right so it is it's okay especially if you have a tween or a teenager they are getting ready to have growth spurt after growth spurt after growth spurt. So are they gonna make the best choices all the time? No. Is it okay if they eat a little too much ice cream or a little too much junk food or eat a little too much Fritos over the summer? Yes, it is. I think, really, I think the hack here is making sure that they have the good stuff in addition to the not so good stuff, right? And so making sure that you ask them, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. I wanna make sure that we have fruits and vegetables around that you're gonna eat. What would you like me to get, you know? And then, you know, hey, these strawberries are still in the refrigerator and I just paid $6.99 for, you know, 12 of them. So you better go eat them, you know? Like, don't make a big fuss out of it. Don't lecture, don't talk all the time about that's not healthy, you know? Just accept the fact that there's gonna be some junk eating and make sure that when you go to the store, you're getting the things they prefer so you make it easy for them to eat the good fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And you know what it makes me think of when we give kids like the preferred and the non-preferred activities, like switch it up. Like, yes, you can have the fun, the fun food mm -hmm. after, you know, and set it up. Like they know you have to have this and then you can have what you really, really want. Yeah. That, maybe that could help them too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just, just make it easy, you know? Put them yeah. in the little mason jars in the refrigerator, put them in the Ziploc bags, whatever it is. And the minute your kid is old enough, teach them how to cut an apple, to peel an orange, you know? Yeah. Independence is a beautiful thing. Well, I love that idea of putting it in the small containers because the more you make it easily accessible where like you take and eat, other than like, I have to peel, I have to cut, oh my gosh, like all of those steps seem like it's like, it just shuts them down. But you're right, if it's like, cleaned, cut, ready in there. I mean, yeah, that's more part on the parents' part. And 
look at how easily they might go grab and, and, and get it. So that, that is good. Idea. Oh, and that, that's a quick five minute family task, right? Like, let's wash the blueberries, let's wash the raspberries, let's wash the strawberries and divide them up, right? Like, everyone come in the kitchen. Parent doesn't need to be doing that while you're relaxing. Yes, imagine that. Kids yeah. helping. That's awesome. So what if my child teen sleeps all day and or is on their device all summer? Okay, so sleeping all day, again, you know, we're not going to worry. Teenagers are going to sleep a lot. They're going to sleep in. They're going to sleep later than you would prefer. Meh, it's okay. I think the question we want to be asking is, are they still getting something productive done, right? Are they still sharing in some family time? Are they holding down a job? Are they doing volunteer work? Are they doing their chores around the house? I would stress less about the hours they work and more about what is it that they're doing when they're awake, right? So, you know, you can be productive between noon and 2 a.m. That's okay, right? Um, I would make sure that your expectations are clear, right? If you get up at noon, I still expect that you're going to, you know, take your medicine, walk the dog, you know, put in whatever it is, an hour on your summer class for language arts that you're, you know, doing in credit recovery, whatever it is, make the expectations clear. And then the other thing I would do is, you know, figure out a way for your Wi-Fi to just, just get turned off at whatever time you want it to do. You know, there are devices, there are smart things to do. Just have the Wi-Fi go off at midnight, one, two, whatever's appropriate at your house. You don't have to be up to do that. Such a good point. And I know you talk so much about kids with ADHD need that structure. Like they need to know what's, what's coming up, what's coming next. The unknown can be really create a lot of anxiety. And um, yeah, is there anything else you want to add of the importance of that structure or like tips and tricks around that? You know, no, I would just say establish the expectation, sit and think about it at the beginning of the summer, communicate it to your kid keep it consistent. I mean, not that you can't change it up or add something or take something away, you know, I mean, 10 weeks is a long time, but you know, keep it consistent. Don't layer on a whole bunch of things like, Oh, you know, all of a sudden today, go clean the garage, you know? Um, but definitely one of the things, and, and just to be serious here for a moment, not that we're not always serious about what we're talking about, but you know, I think our generation of parents has an easy time forgetting the importance of chores at home. And it is such a consistent finding in the literature that kids and teenagers who have chores at home, that is one of the best predictors of life success. And so even if your kid doesn't usually have chores during the school year, really seriously, parents who are listening, consider having them do whatever. You have to clean your bathroom. You have to empty the dishwasher every night. You know, something, yes, in their own space, but then something to contribute to the communal space. Um, it's good practice. And for your teenagers, if you think they're going away to college, they need to be in the habit of contributing to the communal space. But I honestly, this is something that I talk about no matter who the child is figure out what it is they can do, start at an early age, and be consistent. Chores are one of the top five predictors of life success as an adult. And parents can come right off the tail end of the school year with teachers build that into the classrooms. Oh, they do. They, they have classroom jobs. They do. And so 
a parent who's listening could literally create what jobs you could come up with them with your child. They, they would love that. Then they would have more of that ownership and then let them choose which one they're going to change to over the next week. However you want to build it in, they do it for a week or a couple of days or every day, whatever the child does best with. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love it. You know, and I think most of us have also seen if we're parents, you know, the funny little meme that says, once you have, and there's, you know, four or five or six expectations, empty the dishwasher, made your bed, brushed your teeth, done your summer reading, you know, let me know, send me a picture and I'll turn the Wi-Fi on, you know, like, yeah. I think we have to kind of get out of this idea of we are victims of Wi-Fi availability. No, 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 no. You are in charge of Wi-Fi availability. Yes. Yes. And um, there's another uh, article that I was reading of like where you, you hand in coupons for screen time. Like you did mm -hmm. this and you cashed it in and your cashback is your screen time coupon or, you know, yeah. whatever it is that works for yeah. whatever child level that you have that likes that or it's just a verbal yeah. thing or a token system or, or whatever where they build up and um, can um, cash in, in a sense, for that time, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, great ideas. Okay, here, here's just a fun, uh, I'm throwing in a fun side question. What was one of your favorite things or memories that you remember as a teen in the summer? Oh, for sure, mine was freedom and, and, and having a bike or roller skates and just being able to go around the neighborhood. I mean, we didn't do anything, right? We just rode around the neighborhood. Um, you know, sometimes we'd stop in at the corner store or something. But honestly, it was just being outside, having the freedom to do what we wanted to do and enjoying that. You know, I, I, I'm too young to have grown up in the structured activities generation. You know, we, we were lucky if we had a bike, roller skates, and maybe a skateboard. Um, but those are honestly my favorite memories of summer. And then I was also really lucky to grow up in a city that had a great city park with three huge pools. And so we went to the pool almost every day. Um, and it was close enough that we could ride our bikes unsupervised. You'd go to the pool, you'd show your old fashioned pool tag that maybe your mom had sewn on your bathing suit. I mean, can you imagine such a thing? It, it, I feel like that's so retro now, but that's, that's how it worked. Um, and so, yeah, I don't have any, you know, memories of, oh, you know, gymnastics camp was so great, or, you know, science camp was so great. It was all just like the freedom and the unstructured time. I know. That, that's, that was the same for me, too. I, did, I, I went to one camp maybe one summer of, like, my teen years. Like, we didn't, we didn't get shipped anywhere. <laughs> and my favorite thing was going to the library, getting books. And I remember sitting on the couch and just reading for hours and I loved it and my okay and I what I have to tell you my library story <laughs> go ahead okay so every summer our library had a reading contest right yeah. now you know me well enough to know that of course like I was a huge reader right and so every summer you could participate in the library summer reading club and they would you know on the stacks move you up based on how many pages you had read right so I have not I don't have a competitive bone in my body, but I love to read. So I remember, I think it was summer after seventh grade, I won the summer reading contest oh at the God. library, which meant you got to walk two blocks down the street with the youth librarian and pick out a record, like a vinyl record at the store for winning 
And I got Olivia Newton-John. Oh my God, that, that's so cute. That is, how old were you? I think it was the summer after seventh grade. So I would have been like 12. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Look at you. Yeah. Do you still have the record? <laughs> no, I don't. But I still love that music. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh man, congratulations. Yeah, so yeah, for me, it was sitting on the couch. And my sister and I loved bike riding. Like literally, we would just bike the neighborhood. Like I loved yeah. it. It was one of our favorite things. The simple, it was those, it was like, when you look back, it was that, it was just simple things. And the downtime, I mean, the downtime is so huge. Kids don't know what to do with downtime. You know, I, um, I walked into a class today and the sub was two minutes late coming back from lunch from lunch duty or whatever. And I happened to be there and I'm like, we're just going to take a moment to sit, relax and rest. And they just looked at me and I'm like, we're quietly sitting. Imagine that we're just downtime just sit like anyway maybe say that okay so what's a good way to get your child to help you declutter and organize things oh i've learned this in the last two years because i have someone who helps me declutter yeah i do um because i'm at that stage right where the kids have grown out of all their toys right they're in rapid growth and growing out of all their clothes all the time and i was like i, I can't i can't manage all this stuff Okay, so the biggest thing I've learned, I love this, it's so easy. Get an extra laundry basket or get a plastic bin, okay? Get one for every bedroom and it's just labeled the donation bin. And so when you go and you put that t-shirt on and it doesn't fit or you're like, oh, like I haven't played with this in a long time, I've outgrown this, you put it in the donation bin. and. Having the donation bin in the bedroom all the time is essential. And then filling up. Yeah. Sometimes right there. You can't miss tell it. them on the weekend, this is your job. Go find 10 things to put in the donation bin in your room. That's so good. I love Mom, that idea. I can't throw away 10 things. I'm like, well, that's your job for today. So when you figure out what 10 things you can put in the donation bin, come talk to me about your phone. That that is awesome. I love that. That That's a is great my favorite tip in the entire world. The donation bin in the bedroom. That's so good because stuff is just sitting there. And only when you consciously are like, have I used this in the last? Like, remember, like when they say, if you haven't dusted anything, like you haven't moved it or whatever, like you don't, you didn't notice you didn't it. So just get rid of it. Right. That's brilliant. I love you that. You can put the donation bin, you know, you can get a flat one, put it under the bed and pull it out when you need to do stuff. Yeah. You can put it in the closet next to the laundry basket, right? Yeah. You can have it under the laundry basket, get two of the same laundry baskets and have the donation bin under the laundry basket. This does not need to be complicated. But don't we all sort of feel like, okay, there's so much stuff in here that we have not used in forever. There are clothes that no longer fit this child. But then it's like a huge hassle. Like, okay, do I put it in a garbage bag? The garbage bag will get heavy. Like, uh, like, do I go find a bin? Do I wait for Amazon to come tomorrow and bring me a nice big box of things I want and then use the cardboard box? Like, no. And then you're like, no, I'm not doing it. You're on to the next thing. Right. Like, it's too hard. I, I, yeah. It is for me anyway. Right. Yeah. So true. How do you handle when your kid stays up late, sleeps in late all summer? I know we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier, but yeah, any other count your on? blessings and get up early and enjoy your time to yourself. The quiet, <laughs> the quiet. Yeah, yeah. I do yeah. say that kids need the sleep. I mean, 
it's crazy yeah. how long yeah. they may sleep, but they do say they need it at that age. So, yeah. and their circadian rhythms run a little differently. So, you know, to go to something that's a central theme of all of our conversations, I think a related question might be, how do I connect with my kid who's waking up at noon, who's like crabby till one or one thirty, and then, you know, I'm going to bed at, let's say nine, um, you know, so then I think it does open up the opportunity to say, okay, well, when is a good time for them and a good time for me? Is it dinner time during the summer? You know, like, can you make dinner together once a week? Can you go out to dinner once a week? You know, like, I think maintaining that connection is more important than, you know, deciding that your teenager has to be on a particular schedule. When I was a kid, my mom thought that laziness was just you know, the world's greatest sin. And so by nine o'clock, she would be vacuuming in our rooms. Um, never had a conversation with us about, I'd really like you to get up, or it really bothers me, or like owning any of her discomfort about teenagers sleeping in past time, but would just come and start vacuuming. Um, oh my God. So that's not a strategy I would recommend because um, it doesn't make anybody feel like, you know, having togetherness time or family time. Yeah, you're gonna um, create a war. Not a connection. Right. And, you know, you know how we feel about connection. That's right. Um, so what if, uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm digressing from the questions that you and I talked about, but what if you have a teen who just looks at you and you talk to them or doesn't look at you and just doesn't really talk to you much? And you're like, what else do I do or say to get my kid to talk to me? Yeah. Mostly in those yeah. years, maybe more male. Not always. Yeah. Not always, but so it doesn't have to be talking. Ask them, you know, give them three choices. What would you like to do with me? Go play miniature golf, go bowling, or go volunteer at the Humane Society. Pick one. We're going to do it this weekend. If they don't utter a single word the whole time they're at miniature golf with you, that's fine. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. You gotta let, let it go. You got to show up, right? Except what is. You got to try. You got to offer up a little bit, right? You know, like, you know, one thing that was, you know, going on for me this week was they might stare blankly at you. They might stare off into space. They might roll their eyes. You know, that's okay. We're not in control of how they show up, but we're in control of how we show up. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, what are good summer activities or programs for children and teens? I mean, I know it depends on location where you are, but anything general you want to say? Okay, family volunteering. Let's talk about family volunteering, right? Yeah. I mean, we're always talking about kid volunteering, right? Yeah. But there are so many great family volunteer opportunities. You know, here, I live in Florida, there's clean up the beaches um, that you can go and volunteer as a family. I think here you can also go and volunteer as a family at, you know, all kinds of um, animal serving organizations, whether it's the Humane Society or other private agencies. You know, I think that we also have a great, we have a huge organization here that started as a homeless shelter and now they have all kinds of education programs and they have a lot of family opportunities, you know, but we do our kids a disservice when we say, okay, you need to get your service hours for high school. And, you know, like, 
Go, go on. Go, go, go. You know, I mean, and that's not to say we're not doing our own stuff. We might be sitting on boards. We might be volunteering at our, yes. you know, religious organization. We might be volunteering at school. But there is something different about seeing your kid in a volunteer role. I just, um, I'm, I don't do much of this, but I'm working with a student whose family I've known for a long time on his college essays this summer. And he, we were doing our like introductory session the other day. And he told me that he's doing a program called Young Men of Service and they do it with their mom. Like the whole organization, this is a national organization and young men in high school do service with their moms. I was like, that is so cool yeah. that it's set up and structured that way, making it easy, you know, for all of us parents who are a little overwhelmed and might not want to organize that. Um, I love that. But we, we see a different side of our kids, right? When they're helping others yes. or doing something charitable. They, so they see a different side of us. Mm, good okay. point. This good is point so funny. Day. This, this is so funny. So we had field day last Friday. And we, I don't know if I told you this, but we, I, as the school paid for a local, they actually back up their property to us. They have a farm that has the, the they make their ice cream there. And, and the owner came because I know her. She brought the little truck and I was in the truck with her serving these little scoops of ice cream to the kids all day long for field day. Okay. I did it the second half of the day. I had a principal meeting in the morning. It was so cute. It was so fun. I was like, are you guys having fun? You know, what kind of ice cream do you want? Chocolate? And they, and the one third grader looked at me and goes, do you have a new job? <laughs> we were laughing so hard. I'm like, no, I'm still the principal. It's okay. Because I was wearing their apron at the, the ice cream place. And it was so cool. Like, I, and I think there was something more to that than we even realize mm -hmm. when they see us serving, right? It's the same thing in your family. It's just, it's oh. a different, a beautiful, different facet of who we are showing up and modeling and interacting and learning. Yeah. From. So, isn't that, that yeah. cute? It's an ultimate feel good experience. It was so fun. It was so yeah. cute. I, I had the blast. Um, okay. So, any last words you want to say to parents listening about summer? You know, balance structure with downtime. We all need downtime. We, we do, we, you know, you and I have been talking about this a little bit tonight. It's okay for your kids to lay around a little bit. It's okay for your kids to take some naps in the afternoon. You know, it's okay for your child to sleep on the chaise lounge out by the pool. It's, it's okay for them to go to the beach a lot, you know? There is, you know, not to get overly serious, and we, we don't want to end on this note, but, you know, there is a mental health crisis of anxiety and depression in this country. And we need downtime to relax, to center ourselves, to connect with other people. And so, you know, I, I guess I would just say for parents who feel some pressure, especially that pressure when you have middle school or high schoolers and you're like, but they're supposed to be, you know, doing their summer reading or they're supposed to be doing their volunteer hours or whatever. You know what? It's okay. They're going to get there. They're going to get them done, you know, and, and say, I'm glad you're getting a chance to relax this summer. You've worked really hard this week or this year. Sorry. You've worked really hard this year. I'm glad that you're getting some downtime. You deserve some downtime give some permission to that the same way we often need some permission right as adults Absolutely. like yes, don't walk do. by and go must be nice well it's like giving yourself permission for for your own self-care 
I've been doing this thing where I've been interviewing principals recently of like their challenges and their struggles and what would help you and what do you need more of? And when I say about self-care, they're like, oh man, I don't do it. And I really need someone to be like, do it. Like it's, it's hard for us to give that to ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. important. Yeah. So important. I'm looking through my notes because I literally just made a video earlier today on what teens are saying and listen to if I can find it fast enough. This, this one teen self-reported. Oh, here we go. We always strive to be someone else and aren't comfortable enough being ourselves. Let your teen be themselves. And it goes back to what you and I have talked about before. Like we have these preconceived notions and ideas of what should, what the summer should look like, what our family should be doing. And we get the wrong messages from all the Facebook, Instagram of everyone's perfect, you know, vacation. It's, 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 it's moments, it's seconds in our lives that look that glamorous. But like you and I, we show up to these and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. And yet, you know, we, we feed off each other and it's like, oh, we get inspired. But we're not like that every second of the day. Like, so isn't that amazing? Yes, let's let our teens be comfortable enough to be themselves. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Sit down next to them, lay down on the couch next to them, you know? lay down on the chair next to them out by the pool, you know, grab your towel and just go be, even if you're going to be in silence, that's okay. That being still sends a message of love and acceptance and opens the door to connection. And so, you know, I think if, if there's one thing I would say, especially to parents of teens, it's go hang out with your teen. Go see what they're like. Be, be yeah. like, just be with them yeah without any pretense without any i should i shouldn't whatever throw all that out just be with them yeah 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 and for our parents of little ones it's so much easier but yeah go be go raise butterflies go have a painting contest out you know on the driveway go pick up ten thousand different leaves go on a scavenger hunt you know yeah and do things you love yeah Give them choices of things that you would actually want to do to make it fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, again, thank you so much. I always love you. (laughs) That's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment. But feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.